0: It's Mother's Day, and and to be honest with you, I was really looking at going because every Mother's Day, I kind of go and just do a special message for mothers and fathers on those special days, and and I started to do that, and then I was talking to my mom when she was here when my brother passed, and we were talking about a topic that really fit perfectly where we're going today, and so I'm just going to stay right in this series because this message I feel like so fits, and so rather than Preach two moms today. I'm going to try to preach four moms today, because this is a topic as we're in this series called "Pay It Forward," giving what's been given to us. To whom much is given, much is required. And last week we talked about forgiveness. How many here's received a whole lot of forgiveness, and how many knows we need to give that forgiveness and pay it forward to other people. And today I want to talk about friendship, because Mama always said, "Choose your friends Hi. wisely." And so I want to speak for moms today rather than preach to moms today. And, and anyone ever heard of these guys called the Minions? All right, because the word friendship means a state of mutual trust or support. Here they go, you don't have to be crazy to be my friend, I'll train you. All right, I mean he's got some people like that in your world, all right? Uh, never let your friends feel lonely, disturb them all the time. Just get on their nerves, okay? And, Here's some more. Making 100 friends is not a miracle. The miracle is to make a single friend who will stand by your side even when hundreds are against you. I mean, knows you need a friend like that in your world, right? Okay, finding friends with the same mental disorder as you, that's priceless. (laughs) And one more, I think. Uh, Yep, it's coming. No, maybe. Is that it? Okay. No, there it is. True friends don't judge each other. They judge other people together. (laughs) All right. And so I want us to look at this today on friendships. Friendships, again, we're talking about passing it forward. And so we're going to talk to you today about what should your friends be like and also what kind of friend should you be in return and paying it forward. You see, today we live in a society that's full of dysfunction. And the reason is dysfunctional families produce a dysfunctional society that thus produces individuals that have a confusion of their personal identity and their self-worth. And the issues that our nation are facing today is not government, it's dysfunctional families. Because when the family breaks down, everything in society breaks down with it. And whenever that happens, it makes true relationships a rare commodity when you can find someone that you truly call your friend and know that they're a friend for life, not out of convenience, but out of commitment. And so I want us to look at this today. And in that, I want to first talk to you, like last week we showed you what forgiveness is not. I want to show you some negative qualities of difficult people that are hard to get along with and they're very high maintenance. And see if you know anybody that fits in this category. Number one's the critic. You know, the critic constantly complains and gives unwanted advice. Anybody got someone like that? Some people complain so much you would think they get paid for it. I mean, always complaining, right? That critic, and then number two is the martyr. The martyr, always the victim, always feeds off of self-pity. And then there's one I call the wet blanket. They'll put your fire out as quick as you can start it, right, I mean, you get blessed today and they've already put negative all over. Just a wet blanket, always negative, negative. And then there's the steamroller. they're insensitive. They'll knock you down and they didn't feel it. They're insensitive to the the feelings, the hurts of others. How about the gossip? Spread rumors, disclose secrets. They're always talking about somebody. You can always count on this, anyone that's talking to you about somebody is talking about you to somebody. Control freak, unable to let go and let be, always wanting to be in charge, is their way or the highway? How about the backstabber, that two-faced person? Friends with whomever they are with at the moment. And then there's the cold shoulder friend. They disengage and avoid contact when they're not happy. They're great friends when everything's good and they're not even around when things are going south. Then there's the sponge. They're always taking but never giving. Always receiving but never imparting. And then there's the volcano. They're full of steam and eventually they erupt. And it's not pretty. And so when I read through this list of high-maintenance people, how many of you can think of someone when you look at one of those names? Anybody got some people in your sphere of influence like that, fit in those categories? And now the other question is, while they're looking at that list, how many of our names came up? (laughs) See, you were all happy about this message, and then you went, oh, whoa, wait, because I want to talk to you today not about just what your friend should look like, but what should you look like as a friend. And so I want us to really look at this message today because we live in a culture of hurting people, and guess what? Hurt people hurt people. We live in a fractured and broken society that is more interested in establishing blame than it is finding remedy. And this has produced a mindset that relationships are based on convenience rather than commitment. And the fact is, I don't need your friendship as much when things are going good as I do when things are going wrong and neither do you need mine. And so when I look at this, I wanna share with you three levels of friendships. All are equally important, but you need to understand who they are and why certain people fit in each one. Number one are surface friendships. Surface friendships. And surface friendships are people that you see once in a while. We're having some tech issues, so just stay with me. These are simple words, so you'll get them, all right? And so surface friendships. These are people you'll see every once in a while. You don't know them that well. (coughs) Excuse me. You don't even know their name. You just say hi. Anybody got any people like that in your world? Even at church, excuse me. So it may be at church. It may be in the ball field. It may be in the market. You may be in your neighborhood. How you doing? Is it John? No, it's Jerry. Okay, I knew I was close. All right? And so surface friendships. Then there's structured friendships. And structured friendships are people that you're around regularly. They're not strangers. You're around them regularly. You know their name. You work with them. You go to church with them. You're at the ball field with them. You associate with them, but you don't live life with them. It is an activity or a function that draws you together regularly, not a relationship. Are you with me? and you need people like that in your life. But then there's secure friendships, and they're the ones I really wanna talk to you about today. They're built on an unconditional love for each other. It's built on the example given us by Christ himself. It's built on commitment, not convenience. It is established by an investment of time, energy, emotions, and resources. It stands strong during storms, disagreements, misunderstandings, or even personal conflicts. And here's what I want you to focus on today and understand, and if mama was here, she would tell you this, is that you're only going to have three to five people, statistics say you will only have three to five people that fit into that category of true friends at one time in your life. And many of us are mad and frustrated in life and going, I don't know why she wants to be with her, she don't want to spend no time with me. Well, I don't know why they're in the church and they're with that group but they don't wanna be in mine. I don't know why I should go and he'll go to eat with them but he don't wanna get that close to me. You gotta understand, you're gonna have three to five people in your life at one season of time that's gonna be that close to you and you don't want more than that because true friendships require maintenance and energy and time and effort. How many are married in here? How many's glad you got one? I mean, I love this lady on the front row, but I'm gonna tell you what it takes from me and what it takes from her to make one a thriving marriage. I can't imagine trying to do that with 20 of us. It ain't happening. Those folks on TV that are married like 12 people, they're crazy. And you've got to come and realize today, so you're, you're just like you were on the forgiveness thing. You were like, I, don't, I can't forgive. I don't know what it's not. You gotta understand friendship comes at different levels and you gotta quit trying to put everybody in one category and find out where they belong and friend them where they fit, rather than trying to make them be what they're not ready to be to you or you're not ready to be for them. That's good preaching right there, all right? Here's the thing, you don't want more than that because the investment required in a true friendship takes much. You see, secure people understand this and focus on investing and developing true friendships that God has placed in their lives at the moment. You, you identify them and you invest in them, but insecure people don't get it, and they spend their time, their energy trying to figure out why everybody in their acquaintance list doesn't want to be a true friend list person. And they become frustrated and angry. So here's some dynamics of true friendships. Number one, These are the people that's gonna be in that secure friendship circle. They're not gonna be many, but here's what's gonna separate them from the rest. Number one, few friends are true friends. Few friends are true friends. Proverbs put it like this, friends come and friends go, but a true friend will stick to you like family. Then it goes on to say, friends love through all kind of weather. And Kathy and I experienced this in about 1998. We went through a very difficult time in our life and I lost my job, I lost my income in one day. I mean, it was not pretty, it was not fun. It was scary, we were freaking out. And, and on a morning, I woke up and I got a phone call from a friend a friend named Joe Arminio in in Whippany, New Jersey, and and he called me and he said, Dan, I don't know what you're going through, but I was praying for you this morning and God just put you on my heart. And he said, I don't know what what, you and Miss Kathy are are facing, but God told me, and I called my my leadership together of my church, and we want to pay your mortgage for a year and send you an income check every month. Okay. (laughs) And they did for a year. And and at the end of that year, they offered to do it for another year. And I said, no, we're fine. I was in financial services. I was doing very well financially. And and I said, no, give it to somebody else. Give it to a missionary, but we're good. And we sat in our living room. We both cried and said, how in heaven did we ever, what did we do to deserve such a true friend? How many could I I, maybe they didn't pay your mortgage for a year, but how many can identify that God's put some true friends in your life? that they've been there for you when others would AWOL. Others didn't have time for you, but they did. Others wouldn't res- invest resources in you, but they did. And they would meet you in hours that they needed to be doing something else, but they, they, you were more important to them than their pleasure was your, your welfare. Come on, how many can identify a few like that? Well, we need to go pay it forward because few friends are true friends. Number two, true friends will tell you the truth. That's when we don't want them. Pam, really? now you know what? We don't do that. You know who you cold shoulder? Acquaintances. Because they don't have a right to speak that personal to you. They're not that close to you. But when someone has proven themselves to be a true friend, you will listen to what they have to say because you know they have your interest in part. And so Proverbs, again, the book of wisdom says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. The wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy's kisses, they're multiple. Mm-hmm. They just kiss you, kiss you, kiss 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 you. But nobody can stab you in the back that's not close enough to first hug your neck. You got to grab hold of that of who you're letting get that close to you you got to know that true friends are going to speak truth to you. True friends will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Sometimes you don't need to hear, it's okay, it's okay. No, sometimes it's not okay. You're making bad choices. You're thinking wrong. You're going in the wrong direction. Destruction is waiting for you. I need a friend that's going to come in and go, red light, wait a minute, stop, brother. This ain't going to turn out good. got to have a friend like that in your life. Number three, true friends refresh you. The book of wisdom again says a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Friendships can be judged by one simple rule of thought. They either bring positive or negative reinforcement in your life. Does that person bring positive atmosphere to my world or is when they're around it always negative? Is it bringing me down? And now let's switch that role. Does my life bring a positive influence in other people or is it turned negative when I get there? Because true friends refresh you. Am I adding value or am I tearing down? Am I making daily deposits into them or am I only taking withdrawals? And you got to identify people in your sphere of influence. Are they always taking from you or are they imparting to you? Because true friends will bring a refreshing to you whenever they're around. And how many's got some people like that in your world that when they show up, man, you leave refreshed. It's like, thank God for you. I'll live with him another week now. You inspired me. All right? How many's got some people, man? I mean, you just get around them. How many's got some other folks? When you see them coming, you change directions. You know this is not gonna be a refreshing moment right here. Not at- I'm gone. But true friends are always refreshing you. Let me ask you this. When people see your name on your iPhone, do they answer it? <laughs> how many's got those in your list that, oh yeah, that's, oh, I know this is gonna be positive. What's up, brother? And about five minutes, and oh, that was great. And how many looks at somebody else? They happening? This ain't going good, not answering that one. Why? Because you identified that reaction by whether it was gonna be refreshing or destructive. Come on, you with me? Number four, true friends sharpen you. The Book of Wisdom again says iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. But let me explain this to you, iron sharpens iron. How many of you ever seen The Old File? with the grooves on it. Iron only sharpens iron when it's rubbed against the grain. If you rub it with the grain, it shines you. If you rub it against the grain, it sharpens you. And you need some people in your world that won't always go with your grain, always go with your mindset, always go with your thoughts, always go with your opinion. You need some people, very few, but you need a few people in your world that'll go, nope, you're wrong about that. Nope, that's not the right decision to make. Nope, that's not the right direction to go. Nope, and what are they doing? They're rubbing against your grain. It doesn't feel good at the moment, but they're sharpening you. Come on, anybody with me? You gotta have some people in your world. I'm on the phone every week with my advisors. I have four pastoral advisors every week. I'm on the phone with them and I'm talking with them and they're investing in me and we do it with each other and we hear where each other's at and we talk very openly with each other and, and we're sharpening each other through the scripture, sharpening each other through vision and challenge, sharpening each other. I wouldn't go there. I'd wait. Don't do it. And, and we sharpen because many of us have people that want to shine us because they want something else from us, but you need some people that are sharpening you to make you better that gives nothing back to them. And you need to be that for somebody else, too. You with me? Because here's the thing. Who you are is who you attract. You automatically attract who you are, not who you want. Mm, that's some good preaching right there. Mama said amen on that one. Do you hear what I said? You will automatically attract the people that are like you, not the people that you're wanting. Because people that are like you will be attracted to you. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And mama knew that. And that's why my mom, and that's why I thought about this when I was studying this, my mom had this conversation with us so many times growing up, is choose your friends wisely. Because one bad friend can destroy your life and take you on a journey that you can't repair. Choose your friends wisely. And so on your notes, I'm going to go through this very quickly to get to the point. At the end, covenant or contract friendship, just fill in the blanks and you can read through it when you get home. Covenant friendships is based on a mutual commitment, based on a mutual commitment, but contract friendship is based on a mutual distrust because the contract is only needed when I'm involved with someone I can't trust. So I need it in writing. But a covenant relationship comes by word of mouth that you've proven to me enough that I can trust you. All I need is your word. You with me? And we live in a contract society, don't we? Because no one trusts anyone. Covenant friendship surrenders rights and assumes responsibility, while contract friendship protects rights and rejects responsibility covenant friendships has the interest of others in mind, while contract friendship has personal convenience in mind. So I want to talk to you today about this covenant friendship. Just want to give this to you very quickly. Number one, in a covenant friendship, you must find yourself being the right person. And I'll explain this, being the right person, because who we are and watch this now, who we are determines how we see others. Who we are, how we see ourselves, determines how we see others. It's when we focus on fixing us and making us better that we will now find that joy that we have, and our efforts are no longer in trying to change other people, it's trying to make me the right person. And when I'm making me the right person to invest in someone else's life, then all of a sudden I make me the right person for someone else to desire to invest in me. Come on, you with me? You getting that? All right? Because here's what I found out. I I married that beautiful lady on the front row over there 35 years ago. And when she married me, in her mind, she's standing over there, a 20-year-old beautiful blonde at an altar going, I got him and he's gonna make me happy. And about six months later, she figured out that ain't happening. (laughs) He ain't making me happy, because I can't. Because the only person in her life that can make her happy is her. I can try my best and I'm trying to get better. I add to her happiness as she adds to my happiness, but only person alive that can make me happy is me. And the only person that can make her happy is her. And if you're not happy with yourself first, nobody in your world can make you happy. But God brings special people into your life to benefit you, to invest into the happiness that you find in yourself first. And you've got to come to this point that you find yourself as being the right person, that you invest in yourself, you invest in your happiness, you find happiness in who you are, and all of a sudden, God will bring a few people into your life that's gonna make an investment and impart into that happiness that you're already experiencing. But if you're not happy with you, you can forget anybody else coming in your world and making you happy. Thank you. It's my sister on the front row clapping. Because you see, here's the truth. I want you to watch at me. Watch at me. Watch me for a second. If you have to change who you are for someone else to accept you, if you can't be you for someone else to say, I want to be with you, you need to take that friend and put them back in your acquaintance category. Say with me, don't clap yet. I ain't done Because anybody you let in your inner circle that demands you to change to be associated with them will eventually become a dominator, a dictator, a controller, and if you get into an intimate relationship with them, they will become an abuser and will eventually cheat on you because they didn't like you to start with. You weren't good enough. Now you just take that as some mama advice from a man because that's some good preaching right there. Because you've got to love you before you expect anybody else to love you. And you've got to invest in you becoming that right person before you look for anybody else to make that investment. You've got to commit time and energy, you've got to be the right person. Commit time and energy. A healthy relationship requires cultivation, true relationships are intentional. Isn't that true? How many of us remember dating when we, when we were dating? Remember those days? I know they're really far along memories for some of us, but remember those days? And, and, and she would call you from her job and go, oh, Dan, I forgot this, and I, it's at my house, and my mom's there, and, and, and I forgot it, and I really needed a cross. Could you go by and pick that up? And I'm like, no problem, Kathy, no problem. I know it's an hour and a half out of my way and then I know I'm gonna lose pay when I go, but it's okay for you, I'll do anything. And just let her make that same phone call two months after marriage. What's wrong, you got a memory issue? What, what's, what's up here, what, what hap, what's the deal, what, why? Because you gotta to realize today that in this thing called friendship, there's time and there's energy because those things happen. The attitude happens because we lose the intentional investment. And all of a sudden, when a friendship gets to a point, we stop investing in it, and anything that is no longer being invested in is dying. And so let me close the message today with God's plan for you. Just two points. Number one, he designs you to have a friendship with others. God designed you to be a friend and to have friends. He he created us that way. And that's why people that don't like people live a miserable life. Really do. You know, life's wonderful, I just don't like people. Well, guess who's around you every day? And here's what I found out. People that don't like people are the ones that have the deepest, deepest insecurities. And oftentimes the deepest wounds. And so you gotta come, cause God created you to like people. He created you to have friends. And here's the scripture, Ecclesiastes, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. God created you to have close friends in your life. He created you to have acquaintances, and that's what their role is, to be an acquaintance. He created you to have friends that you'll you'll become closer to. You'll go to church with, you'll work with, you'll play on the ball team with, you'll know them by name, you'll get a breakfast with them, you'll go play a game with them, you'll go to church and sit with them, you'll serve with them, and that's as far as it'll go, but that's what it was supposed to be. And then God brought these certain handful of people into your life that that they're gonna help you reach your goals and your visions and your dreams, and they're gonna be that family that many times you didn't have anywhere else. And you let people fit where they fit. And rather than putting your energy on trying to know why you're not in my inner circle, invest in the person that already is. And Sow into that person and pay it forward cause God says one day you're going to come you're going to get knocked down and if you by yourself you can't get up but you need a friend that's going to help you up and I don't know about you but I've had those days and thank God for those friends amen and then number 2 and I close with this one he desires you to have a true friendship relationship with him blows me away that a holy God in heaven, a holy God that knew no sin would look down at a world full of sinners, me being one of them, and would say, I want to be his friend, and I want him to be mine. And a holy God of heaven would would send his son and Jesus would offer himself that that I'll go, I'll I'll be the ransom, I'll be the redeemer, I'll, I'll be the sacrifice. And, and really understand that today that God's ultimate desire, his ultimate desire was for you and I to become his friend. Because until you understand Jesus as friend, you can't understand him as anything else. I didn't meet her one day and go, you're my wife. I met her one day and said, you're hot, be my friend. Come on, be honest. <laughs> Just try to be transparent, but, and she's still hot. And she's still my friend. And if she leaves me, I'm going with her. Because I'm old, fat and gray, I ain't getting another one of them. But here's the fact, <laughs> that was not in my notes. But anyway, when I met her, we didn't, I didn't go, you're my wife. I said, well, you'd be my friend. When that friendship grew, it became something more. And that's what God's just wanting to be with you today as a friend. And here's the scripture to prove it. And John, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I've now made known to you. God said, I want that kind of friendship with you. I, Everything that God's given me, I want to give to you. I want that kind of relationship with you. And then he even said this about Abraham in James 2. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Come on, who would love to be in that category today, amen? And that's why Jesus came, so that we could become the friend of God. And I wanna challenge you today that you take this thing called friendship more serious and you look at it in greater detail and you understand what it really, really means and cherish the friends that God has brought in your life and make sure that you're paying forward that friendship to others. And let's go make a difference in people's lives with the hope and the joy of Jesus, amen. You receive God's word today. You receive it, amen. Bow your heads with me maybe you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm I'm here today. And just like those people that have already prayed today, I'm here maybe because it's Mother's Day, maybe just because I drove by and whatever reason you're here is that you're here. Today, you realize that I'm not a, a bad, evil person. I'm just not in a good place spiritually. And today I realize that God hasn't come to judge me or beat me up or Jump on me. He's come because he just wants to be my friend. And today, I want you to pray for me, Pastor. I just want you to pray a prayer for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that's you today, and you say, I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me. Would you just slip a hand up right where you sit? God bless you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else, very quickly. Say, that's me today. I need Jesus. I need him in my life. Pray for me. Anyone else before we pray? Maybe online. You need to pray with us as we pray here. Would you join me if you raised your hand or you did not and you need Jesus in your life? Pray this prayer with me today. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's congratulate these that have prayed today. God bless you.